morning and welcome everybody. Welcome to our guests online. Thank you for joining us this morning, wherever you may be. Today is Testimony and Praise Thanksgiving Sunday. We're going to have three different times throughout the course of today's worship together that you can come up and share. Share a story, share something that you're thankful for, share a word of scripture, or even just pour out your heart to God. Maybe there's something that you want to share with the group that we can lift you up in prayer. So today is testimony and praise Thanksgiving Sunday. And as we get together, let's start out with a word of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we pause to look to you, to give thanks to you, to praise your holy name, to worship together, to share our laughter as well as our sorrow, our joys as well as our grief and pain, to come together to remember all that you've done, your mighty works from ages old since the creation of the world. We look forward, Lord, to the future glory of your son's return and our being gathered together with him. Lord, we just pray that right now as we come before you with hearts full of joy and thanksgiving, as well as our thoughts and cares, God, that this would be a time of worship. We just put our focus on you. We give you thanks, Lord, for our many blessings. We pray, Lord, for those all over the world who are in a time of desperate need. We ask that you'd be here with us. We acknowledge that you are. And may we sense your power. Thank you, God, for your love for us and your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Scripture to share. We'll have a time of sharing your thanksgivings, the things you're thankful for after the next two songs. But if you have a word of Scripture, it could be a verse, a passage, a psalm. There's some amazing passages. And I'm going to call Vern Sides to come first, and he's going to bring a word from the Word. Uh, this is from Psalm 103, and I love this portion. It speaks of uh, God's justice and his mercy, and it finally, it's just about seven verses, but it finally, it just talks about who we are in reality. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts of to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and, and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Vern. Would anybody else have a word from Scripture? A verse? Maybe it's a passage where you would say, I don't have the words, but this is what it says and this is what it means to me. John, would you come up? Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. 
In 38 years, I have not blown myself up as an electrician. Amen. I've lost any fingers or toes, and it's a miracle, which goes to show that God is real. So, um, I, I can sometimes have a little bit of a crappy attitude at home or whatever, but work is actually pretty good, and, and I'll have young men especially saying, hey man, how come like, everything, like the wheels are coming off? Well, because I'm, I'm not working for this company. This is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it's the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there is no favoritism. So that's, I I keep that with me every day because I go insane without it. And I don't, if you don't have that, how do you spend eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, whatever, for the, it's what seems like eternity. Uh, that's what I cling to, that right there. So, Thank you, John. When John came up, I was thinking in my head, is there a verse that says something like, the Lord thunders and with a bolt of lightning he displays his power? Uh, he's a le- an electrician, if you guys don't know. Somebody else, anybody else have a a word from scripture? Kevin. All right. Uh, There's two people in here at least. You need to place your bets right now as to how many times I'm going to (laughs) cry. They seriously, they did that the last time and they both were wrong. I've got it. Okay, um, this this comes pretty close to being my life verse. Uh, long, you know, when I was a actually a middle school kid, and in those days, our church once a year the youth would do the service on a Sunday evening, and uh, it fell out. All the high school kids failed the main. You know, we did all anyway. It boiled down to this middle school kid had to step up and speak. And when that was over, the guy that was acting as a youth pastor said, I think this verse is for you. And I, I have taken it as meant for me, but I, right now I want to tell you, no, it's meant for you. And it's, it's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And now I'm certain that that's true for everyone in here. And ladies, please don't take offense, but I want to talk to the young men, like Ben, like Callum. The Lord knew you were coming, and he he anointed and he appointed you to be here. And it's not an accident. (laughs) Mommies and daddies have accidents, before and after they get married. But you aren't the accident. God knew you were coming. God knows what his plans are for you. God knows what's gonna change because you're here. Because things change because you're here. 
I don't know why God does it that way. And I don't know why it matters. <laughs> men, I mean, men and women are just different. And I know that's really politically incorrect these days. And I'm, and clearly, I'm about to be arrested by the FBI. But God does it different for a man and a woman. And what a man can do, only a man can do. And if you're a male, you need to step up to what God's doing. And I don't care if you've already fallen on your face. Get up. Just get up. God will take care of the next step for you. Just get up. It's okay. I'll just quit. How about that? Thank you, Kevin. Does anybody else have a word from Scripture or a small sermon? <laughs> Just kidding. Tony Colas. You guys can welcome him. It's all right. Everybody plays bets. I know how often I'm going to cry right now. You'll lose. So, if you're paying attention, the generation that we have now and the upcoming generations are dealing a lot with anxiety. A lot with depression. So what's the Bible say about that? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in all situations, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. It's a promise. So how do we claim that promise? Do what the first part of the verse says in all situations by prayer and petition. What's petition? Keep asking. Keep asking with thanksgiving. And the promise is peace will come that no man can understand. And also goes hand in hand with Isaiah 26, 3, which says, He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in Him. So if you're wanting that peace, like I want that peace, what do we got to do? We've got to pray continually. We've got to trust in God and trust in his promises. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Would anybody else have a word from scripture to share? Elizabeth, come on, come on down. Or up. Old wisdom. Um, uh, I had a situation on my property that... Uh, Tim knows about and Billy knows about and I don't know how many other million people I've complained about it but <clears throat> I went to the bars the Oregon Bar Association I found out I had a legal right called adverse possession I had all my facts and things together I thought about it I said to Jerry I'm just gonna pack this all up put it away because God says, do not sue your neighbor. Well, guess what? Well, I can tell what it is like this. My neighbor had put ribbons up on our horse trail, Kubota trail, and we couldn't use, I couldn't get down to the creek easily. Anyway, <clears throat> he, my son talked to him. He took the ribbons down. He left up the no trusting signs, but he says they're not for you. They're for trespassers that might get hurt in the creek or on their trails and sue me. So if you've got a problem, just go to God. 
don't sue. Amen. Amen. And as the kindly for Ben, because he got to take his machine down. That's fantastic. Yeah, forgive us our trespassers, right? Uh, trespasses. Okay. Anybody else? We're going to go back to worship and song together. And as we sing, there's several ways to worship. One is to listen and one is to sing out with all your heart to the Lord. And uh, we invite you to join as the worship team leads us in the next two songs, Revelation song. Oh, creation, I see, praise 
I give you mine. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Amen. We're going to take time now just to express our love and thanksgiving, our appreciation to God and others. And if you have something that you're thankful for, now is the time to share it. And I just want to start out by saying I am thankful. We've got some regular attenders online. I want to thank Mike Maddox. Mike's out there virtually every week. And I want to thank any others who are joining us. Amy is often there. And I also want to thank all those who have ever run the clicker. My kids have been thrust with the clicker. Becky has run the clicker. I'm not good with the clicker. Yes, Grayson. So would somebody like to come up and just express to God and others, what are you thankful for? Kathy, do you want to come up here? Okay, I, you want me to come to you. I'm thankful, first of all, for my family. And I'm thankful for my family, biological family, and my spiritual families. And I have two spiritual families, so that's awesome. But I'm also thankful for my health and for what God has done to help me. I'm thankful that I can, I can walk again. And I'm thankful I don't have a cough anymore. I'm just thankful to God for all this stuff. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. Would anybody else out there like me to come to you? Or, I'll, or you can come up front. Ben Reed. As many of you guys know, I've been at a program. It's about 22 weeks long. Tomorrow I go back for my final two weeks. I'll be here every Sunday. So I'm just so thankful to be here today because this is an opportunity I don't get very often. I just love being here. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Ben. There's a story behind that testimony. And God is working in Ben's heart and life in the midst of adversity, and in the midst of just a terrific experience overall. Anybody else? I can come to you or you can come up here. Yep, back in the back. Aubrey. Uh, my friends. I'm just thankful for my friends. That's my youth group. <laughs> Thank you. And we love having you at youth group and your brother and praise God for friends. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for everybody that's here. I'm thankful to God for putting me here with you all and giving me a family and a love that I never had uh, before I came here. I spent my whole life trying to be something that maybe I wasn't. And from the moment I walked through that door, I've been able to just be who I am and who I was meant to be. And I thank God for that. And I thank you. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you, Brad. Back in the back. Terry Lynn. This is going to kind of come off what Kevin was talking about with his verse. Um, we were known before we were here. 
Well, something told me all my life that I was special. Didn't have church. I knew there was a Jesus, a special guy. We learned some songs as kids, but didn't go to church. And then I go through life and we think about what we didn't have and the complaints we had about what our parents didn't do or our parents did. Well, if they hadn't done what they did, I wouldn't be here today. And even though they made choices that weren't really great for us growing up, it still put us in a strong walk of life. That was my mom's goal to make very strong children. We could stand on our own, but we didn't quite get taught that we could stand only with God. We can't stand on our own. He led me to this church by getting a horse. Let me tell you. And I cannot express, my family's moved out of state. My son's in Wyoming, my granddaughter's in Texas, and my sister's up in Long Beach, Washington, and I'm here by myself. I don't want to leave here to go be with them because this is my family. I don't feel more love anywhere in this world that I've ever, ever, ever felt than in this little community here and walking in these doors. God has blessed me so much just because I've got the love of you people here and I don't walk into ever a room of strangers here. I walk in and I get my hugs and my hellos and you fill me up every week. That's my thanks, that's my thanksgiving and I am so, so blessed to be part of this family and I thank every one of you. Amen. Thank you, Terry Lynn. Over here. Becky, do you guys want me to turn the camera around so you can go? Okay, Becky. Um, I've always been thankful for this church, but after this past year and going through what I'm going through, it's been extra special and it's also been a huge witness to my family. And they really see it. So I want to say thank you. Amen. Amen. David. I I feel like the other speakers here that from the moment I walked in I knew it was a special place full of special people and they all made me feel good being here and I'm widely traveled. I mean, you can tell how old I am. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you travel a bit, and um, I wandered when I was a young guy. Neither one of my parents were Christians. And I was in music, but I didn't even know what gospel was until I was in my 20s, right? And... I walked into a garage one day. I was taking Neo Life Vitamins. I was, you know, working out and trying to take care of my my health. And there's these two short women in there. One was the gal that sold vitamins to me. The other guy, the other guy, <laughs> the other gal uh, was named Carmen Lyons, and her family had owned World Banks. For generations and I, I didn't know her but I was introduced to her but she jumps across the, the garage you know, this woman's in her 70s just lunges at me she goes 
When I see you next in a year, you will know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, I didn't even know what that was about. Okay, because I never read the Bible. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And so I go out, I tour as a musician. Uh, I knew Brian back in those days. And my brother, my older brother, who I had a band with at one time, he said, I accepted Christ as my savior. And I said, what? So I thought, you know, it, I knew him well enough to know something was special in that disclosure. So I started reading the Bible. And by the time I met Carmen next, I had had a meeting with the Most High. <laughs> Sorry. I don't tell that testimony to you often, but it was very dramatic and it did change my life forever. And I got kids to prove that. So, thanks for, thanks for showing the love here, you guys. Thank you, David. Laura. So I just got word on uh, Thanksgiving Day that I'm having another grandbaby. Are you thankful? Okay, I, I can tell by your voice. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to go back to worship and song. And as we sing these next three songs, we offer our praise to the Lord. And we also ask the Holy Spirit, God's whole, through His Holy Spirit, to search our hearts. And at the end of this set of songs, it's a time for anybody just to share what's on your heart. It could be a praise, it could be a thanksgiving, but maybe it's something where, maybe it's a struggle. And maybe it's something where you need prayer. And in just a little bit, then after that, we'll have a special speaker come up and share something very special today. Before we do that, if there's any kids that would like to go to Kid Zone, we will dismiss you at this time. So I'll give just a minute for that pause. Thank you so much for your testimonies of thanksgiving and praise and how God has come into your life and, and made that difference. And how he's used people, the community of faith, and the band of believers to help you in your spiritual walk. Let's worship together.
Oh, she's right.
team, each one of you. It was lovely to have the violin, the trumpet, the guitar, the keyboard, the vocals. At this time, I told you we'd have a special guest speaker. 
And I'm going to ask you to welcome Peggy Barton as she comes up and shares part of her testimony with us this morning. Okay, speak really loudly, uh-huh. and I'll back off with this. Okay. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Peggy, and I have lived around here pretty much my entire life. So I'm here to talk about Celebrate Recovery and what it's done for me. Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based program that deals with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Not just alcohol, excuse me, not just alcoholism, drug addiction, porn, but bad spending habits, overheating, abuse, and whatever else consumes you. The road to recovery is eight principles based on the Beatitudes of Matthew 5, 2 through 12, as well as the 12 steps and their biblical comparisons. I started attending CR in April of 2022 for unworthiness, codependency, enabling, relationship issues, and anger. I came to realize after attending CR that my biggest hurt was infant abandonment and infant sexual abuse. Jesus gave me the strength to understand and come to grips with those hurts. My worst habit was codependency, thinking that I needed happiness and approval from others. I became so wrapped up in them, I lost myself. And my hang up is using food to comfort myself. I've learned that life has much suffering, but too often we suffer unnecessarily because of the lies we believe about ourselves and our circumstances. One huge lie I was told over and over was that I would never get married because guys didn't want to marry fat girls. My mom was a masterful shamer. There's a section of CR about forgiveness and making amends, sitting down and doing an inventory of who I needed to forgive and who I needed to make amends to. I realized with the help of Jesus and my accountability team, how my actions and my attitude had affected my family and my friends. To date, I have made two face-to-face amends. I have forgiven my biological mother and my infant abuser. Jesus continues to show me other people and situations I need to work on. I will continue to be a work in progress until Jesus calls me home. In CR, we always end our large group sessions with the serenity prayer, and it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. 
On the 12th of November, Rebecca made a comment before one of our worship songs. Don't let the world define who you are. Amen. Jesus knows each and every one of us. He created you to be you through him. Jesus is who matters, not the world. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and I created a lot of consequences that I continue to work through this CR. I repented and have been forgiven numerous times. Jesus loves me more than I have words to explain and I ask him daily, sometimes hourly, to cleanse my heart, comfort my soul, and fill me with his peace. I've been a faithful attendee of Celebrate Recovery since April of 2022. I've learned a lot about myself and my circumstances. On the 9th of October, I was asked to pray about becoming the ministry leader of the CR chapter in Malala. After much prayer, I was handed the keys and now serve Jesus in that capacity. Again, don't let the world define who you are. Let Jesus be your GPS. He's in control. He knows you, no matter what your hurt, habit, or hang-up is. He's guided me to a better me. I'm less judgmental. I try not to gossip. I listen more, and I talk less. I gave him all the credit for his path I've been on. I finally quit running from him. Now I run to him each and every day. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you, Peggy. And would you guys join me? It's in your bulletin. It's also up on the overhead screen. The prayer for serenity. Let's say it together if you'd like to. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. If you were touched by Peggy's testimony, would you just raise your hand? I got both hands up. And Peggy, would you take a moment, keep your hands up. Would you take a moment to look around the room, Peggy? We love you, Peggy. Let's just give her uh, our, our, our thanks of appreciation for sharing today. And as she shared um, with me prior to today, uh, what really impressed on my heart, there's one chapter of Celebrate Recovery. We've been advertising it in the bulletin for months, ever since Peggy asked us to. And we want to encourage you, if something has jumped in your mind that this could benefit you, take advantage of this opportunity. There's 20 to 40 people that get together every week. The other thing that really crossed my mind is I wish there were a group in this town too. Because there's more and more people they could be served. Amen. 
And so let's be in prayer. I mean, it's not just Colton. It's not just Malala. It's everywhere. That, and it's not just alcohol. It's all kinds of things. That it's a place to, to share struggles. And so I just downloaded this off of the website. I wanted to just share with you guys the, the 12 steps that they go through. We admit we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. Coming from Romans 7 verse 18, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do good, but cannot carry it out. The second principle, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Any of you ever struggle with, man, am I really sane? <laughs> we have those moments, we have those days. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians 2.13 Third principle, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Romans 12.1 Read it with me. Therefore, I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Lamentations 340, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. And I invite you to read out loud any of the scriptures as we come together. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of of our wrongs. James chapter 5 verse 16a. Therefore confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. So that you may be healed. Number six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will lift you up. Number seven. Humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Number eight. Made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Luke six thirty one, Do to others as you would have them do to you. Number nine, made direct amends to people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Matthew 5, 23 through 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Number 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 1 Corinthians 10.12 So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Number 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to approve, improve our conscience, conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and power to carry that out. Colossians 3, 16a. Let the word of Christ 
dwell in you richly. And number 12, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and practice these principles in our affairs. Galatians 6, 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Maybe something this morning has prompted something else within your heart. Something else that you would be open to share. And as part of sharing in Testimony Sunday, we want to give you this time. So I'm just going to ask, are there any other ones who would like to share publicly this morning? And I can come to you or you're welcome to come up here. I share something. Yeah, Jerry. Back in the 90s, um, I wrote a song called Lift Your Heart a Little Higher to the Lord. And I sang it in a quartet that I sang in. And uh, it says, uh, I was sitting in an old-time church when I heard the preacher say, if you want to get to heaven, get down on your knees and pray. Keep all your eyes upon the road ahead and take him in his word and lift your heart a little higher to the Lord. And it was done, had a basis of a little in front and and sang at the end of our shows, and, and, and it did really well. And uh, about 20 years later, I recorded it again, but I, did, I wanted to do it in a more bluesy style. And it went, it did, it did really well. But the point I'm making about this, about six months after I recorded that, the second time, I was listening to it on, the, on my, on my uh, on my radio in the car, and uh, there was a line jumped out to me in the second verse. And I hadn't paid any attention to that. I wrote it, and the line in the second verse goes, what's the answer someone asks a preacher when your life is full of pain? Can you tell us what we all should do to get on the road again? And this is the line that jumped out. Look around, he said, help someone. And take him at his word, lift your heart up in front of the room, and lift your heart a little higher to the Lord. That, lift your heart a little higher to the Lord, look around and help someone. And through Jesus and through all your love of Jesus and everything, all of that, that is a powerful thing about it. And I don't know the verses in the Bible. And I appreciate all you say when you, and all your knowledge, which is amazing to me. And I know in the Bible, I know that it's full of places in the Bible. What's the answer? Look around and help someone. And the main, the first time it made the difference in me was when I was in line in traffic all the time going home from work. And people were passing by and cutting in. And I'd think, well, I'm... This is ridiculous. I'm not going to let them come in. And one day I thought to myself, I don't know their story. I, have, I just don't know their story. They may have a sick child at home. They may have just lost their job. They have a death in the family. On and on and on and on. And that's what happens in life. I can back off and let them in. And that opportunity to back off and let them in happens every time you turn around. 
somewhere in your life letting somebody else in first thanking somebody in the line in the grocery store no matter what's happening tell the checker well thank you so much for being service to me today that is every day and everything you do I think that's a lot of what Jesus was saying all the time when he was telling his people all those things he tells you and the way he tells them that's the one that gets to be the most look around and help someone thank you love you say that thank you Jerry thank you for that inspiration I imagine that there are people in here each one of us probably carries some sort of hurt some sort of pain some sort of life situation that has happened and let's just pause right now for a moment of silence and of prayer and give these things to the Lord and as you pray for the hurt that's on your heart would you also lift up and pray for your neighbor pray for somebody around you you can take a moment to look around if you need to but God we pause right now in just a moment of silence Pour out our hearts to you to share our hurts, our pains, our sorrows, our grief, whatever it is we're going through, and to pray for someone around us right now. God, we, we thank you so much for your presence and your power that is in your place, for, in this place, and this for your Holy Spirit. Just for the sense of your warmth and your comfort. The fact that you're watching over us. It's like a blanket of protection at times, a, a refuge of safety. God, you are a rock, you are our fortress, the psalmist wrote, the one that we cling to for our hope. And God, right now in this moment, I would ask that you would bring healing, that you would invade, that you would do what only you can do and the problems that are so complex and so deep, sometimes beyond our own understanding. It's kind of like the yarn got all unraveled and then knotted up and tangled up. And we need you to help in our lives sort these things out. I pray God with the testimonies shared, with what Peggy shared, anybody with a, a problem, a struggle would begin by giving it to you and making a commitment to pursue a pathway to healing, to growth, and God, that you would, with de their determination, work with them to, to, to come up with a plan. And that your word, scripture, would invade each one of our hearts and our minds to transform the way we think and the way we process life and the way we make decisions. And God, I just pray that a sense of you, a picture of Jesus, would be placed before us. 
As the writer of Hebrews says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He went before us, Lord, and he walks with us. That we would be followers of him. God, I pray right now that you would be doing a supernatural work to bring healing in people's lives and come in the center of their pain. That they would leave here, Lord, with a renewed sense of hope and strength and joy. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, amen. I've got backup plans all over. I'm going to conclude with just a short little um, message. And as we go to the message, I want to just give some thanks, shout outs today. Amen. I want to thank Jan Newhouse for the vision of Operation Christmas Child here at True Life. 97 boxes went out. Let's praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. I want to thank Rebecca Coleus and everybody who brought a gift, everybody who served, everybody who came out. There were upwards of uh, 70 to 80 folks that came out on Thanksgiving Day. It was a joyous time. I want to thank a young man who entered our fellowship earlier this year, uh, Callum Heavens and Cherie Singletary and Grace Taylor and Jackie Behrens. For their work with our youth, we've been having 20 to 30 every Sunday night. We praise the Lord for that. And if you want to see them in action, here they are right now. Now, I, we, it is so much fun seeing God work. I want to thank Tessa Thomas and all of her team for their work with the Kids Zone Ministry. I know they can. Maybe we could clap loud enough; they can hear our applause. Thank you, Pastor Rod. For bringing God's word week after week to us. He is diligent in his preparation for sermons. Rod and Patty. I know, he makes a mean team. And as I was doing this, I, here's the, the, the problem with rolling credits is that there's too many credits to be rolled. I could go around this room and, and, and label a thank you card on each one of you. And even if I don't know you, I could thank you for being here today and, and get to know you guys. You guys are what makes true life. Jesus and, and you guys are what true life's all about. Amen. Each one of you. So thank you. Give, your all, give, give yourselves a round of applause. And now clap for the person next to you. Okay. And I want to thank my family. This crew right here. Has put up with me for years. There's not a person in this room whose toes I have probably not stepped on. And I've stepped on theirs more than anyone else. But um, I thank God for them. And I thank him for how he's provided and carried us through. So thank you. At this time, I'd like to ask that the executive leadership team members would come up because occasionally from time to time, 
it gets asked, who's in charge here? And I want to make it clear. Christ is the head of the church, okay? Sometimes nobody's in charge. We're all just servants. Um, sometimes it's not in charge who's responsible for this mess. And, and sometimes as lead pastor, the bug can stop here. But we're going to ask our executive leadership team members to come up. I'm going to ask Richard Townsend to come up and Pastor Rod to come up. Richard is our advisor. He's on the board in an advisory capacity. Rod. Pastor Rod is our teaching pastor. Tony's here. Becky DeWitt. Alan Hazelton. Dan Hartman. Kevin Stansfield. And at this time, I'd like to ask Pastor Rod and Richard Townsend both to have a word of prayer over us as a team. I'm thankful for this team. We need God's strength to press on as we, we serve him in leading this church, this ministry. So I'm going to have Pastor Rod start and then hand the mic to Richard Townsend. Um, before I pray, can I say something? <laughs> um, got a phone call from an old friend this last week. And uh, he's been going through a, a challenge finding a church. And if you knew him, he, he's not a church hopper by any means. But he moved to a town some years ago and went to this church and was trying to get involved. He's very gifted, has a lot to offer to a church family. And after 15 months, the, the pastor ran away with some gal in the church and left the church just devastated. And so the church began to pray for new leadership. And, and as they prayed, they, they said, God, send us somebody that really fits. And somebody was suggested to them and because they prayed, they said, well, this must be the answer. But if you study scripture, prayer is not the only thing we are to do. Um, we are to evaluate, be discerning. We should pray and pray first, but then we need to, to do more than pray. And this church didn't do that. They prayed, somebody was brought to their attention, they hired him, and he just has, he doesn't fit. He, he's arrogant, he's bossy, everything has to be done his way. And it's just not working, it's just not working. So he and his wife went to another church and, and uh, they're theologically, they're not preaching the word, they're, they're, they're preaching pop theology, not scriptural theology. And, and he's just at a loss. Um, he said, what do you suggest? And I tried to give him some pointers. But he said, well, how are things at your church? And I said, well, um, <laughs> Things aren't perfect at our church, but I said, you know, whenever I get up to speak, they are so attentive. I can't wait to speak to our church family Amen. because they're so attentive. Um, and I thank you for that. And our worship teams, we have several worship teams. And Tim mentioned them briefly, 
earlier, but uh, I also want to give a shout out. I'm so thankful for our worship teams. It's not easy to be on a worship team because there are different styles of music, different personalities, different ranges in, in vocalization. There's just so many things. And, and they put in hours, hours to, to prepare for this. And I, it used to be uh, that we didn't have worship teams. We had a pianist, the pastor or worship leader would get up and lead songs this way. And, and it was much simpler, but it's much more complex. And I, I thank God for, for the people that God has given us who have worked through the challenges and, and all of, the, of, of leading us in worship. So please clap for our worship team. Before I pray, I just want to thank you um, for making it easy to preach. And I want to thank the worship teams for making it easy to worship. And Tim, thank you. Um, you kind of bring us all together. And uh, we, we're grateful for that. And our Father, we... We have much to be thankful for this day. We think of uh, the challenges that life brings to us because of the fall of Adam. But even in those challenges, you're good. And you work all things together for the good of those who love you. We thank you that uh, we can look back at, at our lives and see your good hand. And, and we just wanna praise you and thank you for these people who have uh, persevered with our imperfections as leaders. Um, though we don't do all things right, they are so supporting. We thank you, Father, for those who give uh, to, to maintain this ministry. We know that financial giving is certainly not preached on much here, but thank you that through your people you have provided not only the support of this local ministry in Colton, but through our missionaries that are around the world serving you. We thank you for this leadership team. And we would ask that you would give them wisdom as they lead us in, in the future. And pray that you'll give them not only um, a prayerful attitude and dependence upon you, but give them wisdom from scripture so that their decisions would be godly, wise, uh, decisions with eternity in view. Thank you, Rob. Just look around for a second. Twelve years ago, ten years ago, when true life became true life, there was one-eighth of the number of people but before I go any further, I want to say one thing to Tim and to Rob. Whether you people realize it or not, in order to put together a sermon, a message, it takes no less 
than 45 hours for one 45 minute message. So when these two pastors stand before you and give you a message, just realize that they put their heart behind every word that they're saying. These individuals up here who are backing them are very important to this church to maintain the integrity of this church. But the integrity of this church is because of prayer, because of your prayers. The other important thing is those kids that walk out Amen. this door. The growth of this church is not in this old people. It's in those kids. So when you take those kids home with you, remember what you talk to them about is ingrained up here for life. Not just for that moment, but for life. I would like to say one thing that the pastoral program set by these two gentlemen is far and above most churches. Because they believe in their heart what they're saying. They believe in their heart because of the prayers that are backing them. It's been my pleasure beyond belief be a member of this congregation in this church. I'm thankful for these individuals here. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, guys, and um, you may be seated. Hey, Clint, I want to say that it's not just, it's also your actions. And our actions. Your actions in the community. Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> As you guys prepare to leave, I want to give you three principles for success in life in any situation as shared with us by the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. It's in your bulletin. It's in your Bible. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Real quickly, every day, we can be joyful always. That doesn't mean we have to have a smile on our face in every situation, but it certainly helps. It certainly helps to wake up and say, I'm going to put on a smile today after you get dressed. Don't forget your smile. Because your smile can make a difference in the lives of others. It elevates the mood when you walk into a room, unless you're smirking at other people or situations. That I get in trouble sometimes because I've got this nervous laughter. And so sometimes my smile could be misinterpreted for taking pleasure in their unfortunate situation. But, but the word there, be joyful always. Other translations will say rejoice always. Joy is this. It's the supernatural delight in God. Not the supernatural delight in Rod. Not the supernatural delight in Tim. But God first. God first. And so whenever you walk into a room, whenever you walk into a situation, whenever you're feeling nervous or uncomfortable, 
picture God right there with you and make a decision. I'm going to take delight in him. Praise God. Thank you, God. I trust you, God. You are my refuge, God. May God be front and center of our hearts and lives so that we can be joyful always. Not because things are going great all the time, because 80% of the time, maybe they're not. But God is there. Be joyful in him. The supernatural delight in God, irrespective of circumstances or people. Even Jesus' disciples weren't always joyful. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus and his disciples are out on the water. Jesus goes below in the, the, the hole of the boat. He goes down below deck. He falls asleep. A storm comes up. His disciples cry out. They're wondering what's going on around them. Jesus, Jesus, wake up. Don't you feel that we're being threatened by the waves? And Jesus was calm in the storm. Jesus let his disciples go through that. God lets you and I go through all kinds of trials of various kinds so that the testing of our faith, it says in James, can, can develop perseverance and perseverance must finish its work. And so often, in time, and rather than saying, God, why am I going through this? Better question to ask would be, God, how can I grow through this? How can I grow through this situation? But, but, but keep God front and center, his son Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because it was Christ himself who said, right before his road to the cross, with his disciples gathered in that upper room, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't just give it and then take it back. Give it and take it. No. We need to accept it. But there's a way to accept his peace. And part of that way is found in the next verse in this passage. Pray continually. The King James Version, the New American Standard Version, the English Standard Version says pray without ceasing. Non-stop prayer. And I like what Pastor Rod shared in, in, in a previous message. Yeah, we've got drive-through prayers and drive-by prayers and on-the-go prayers and pray all day. But there's a time where we need to get alone with God Amen. and pray. I've been impressed with several things in my life, whether it's through counsel or whether it's through reading good books. I picked up a book from Goodwill called Jewish Spiritual Guidance. And... When you read that, you understand that, at least in the, by, by these authors, that patience and silence, listening, are key components in their pattern for prayer. I was encouraged recently to take 20 minutes. And this morning when I got up to prepare not just the message, but to prepare the service for the day and the PowerPoint and, and whatnot, for some reason... I, Get on your knees and take 20 minutes. God, I don't have 20 minutes. But I did. And as I got down on my knees, it was interesting to try to focus. You know, all these thoughts that run through your mind when you really try to be intently focused on God. And think with your heart instead of your head. 
If, if you're taking notes, write that down. Think with your heart instead of your head. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, okay, head, <laughs> quit running these thoughts. I'm going to think with my heart. What's on my heart? What's on your heart? And be silent. And sometimes it's possible to ask God a question. When we were down at the coast at the men's retreat, I went for a long walk on the beach. And as I set out on that walk, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this. I was sharing the story yesterday. On that walk, I asked God a question. And I wanted God to answer my question. Don't ask me what the question was. I can't even tell you what the question. But as I went for the walk, oftentimes when I've asked God to and here's the danger. If I say God told me, <laughs> it's good. but sometimes when something comes to my mind, I write it down. Because I'm not trying to say I'm quoting scripture. If I, I share my revelation or what, my impression or whatever. But So I went on this walk and oftentimes I've come to expect that it's only at the last minute when you're coming back and you have that aha moment. And I started the walk. And as I walked, I didn't go very far. I didn't go more than a minute and a half. And this thought came to my mind. And I wrote it down. Regardless of the resolution, I will resolve that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, God, that's not the answer I was expecting. That's, that's not what I'm... Regardless of the resolution. That no matter what happens in life, I'm going to make a firm commitment. I needed that reminder. That Jesus will be my Savior. He is the focus. He's the center. We go back to that pray continually. Pray without ceasing. And it's important to take concentrated times of prayer. I was chatting with my kids last night. And I showed them part of this video, The Labyrinth. Which many over centuries have used as a prayer walk. It's not a maze. You just follow the directions. And as you walk around it... Dan, I don't know if you know this, but when we were at the men's retreat, I did a Google search of where are the nearest labyrinths. And there's a whole thing. You can find them in, all over the world. But on that walk, it's, it's, it's just a time and a place to talk to God. It's, it's like a, a mental, spiritual journey. And I just share this with you guys because I want you guys to consider taking punctuated pauses for prayer concentrated times and maybe even just being silent before God. Anytime that, by the way, anytime something comes to mind and I write it down, you better proof text that with scripture. You better sanitize it. Make sure it doesn't conflict with scripture because if it does, don't go there. But there's a third um, principle, a third step um, in the formula for living life. We pray, we, we give thanks always, we pray without ceasing, pray continually, and we give thanks for all circumstances, no. But in all circumstances. This moment, I want us to pause and just, may our thoughts, our prayers go out to those who are experiencing war. For those who have had to leave everything behind, run for their lives, never to return because everything's been lost. For those who've been ransacked, ravaged, looted, kidnapped, taken into captivity, exiled, just like the people of God have been through the centuries. For those who've been persecuted, mistreated, wronged in many ways. 
Maybe your battle is inside internal. Maybe it's at home. Maybe the battle is waging in your heart. And you know it and God does. When we give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, again, we can say, okay, instead of how am I going to get through this, how, we can ask how am I growing through this? What can I learn in this situation? How can I make the most of it? And I've heard some mention, just wait, America, what you see around the world is coming here. We don't know what's going to happen. But when I think of such things, and some of you have been, had the privilege of watching an old Western movie or Little House on the Prairie or, or that time, not very long ago. They didn't have running water. They didn't have power. They didn't have gasoline engines. How in the world did they survive? God will take care and provide for our needs. And whether we live or whether we die, if you know him, you've got hope and a home forever. That's the key. That's the key is knowing Jesus. And so to give thanks in all circumstances, to give thanks, to give thanks, to give thanks. Not only elevates our, our mood and, and can help change our attitude, but it's the way of God. It's what God wants us to do. And, and, and so he, he finishes this little three verse set by saying, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Many people search every, what's God's will for my life? What car should I drive? Who's going to pastor our church? Where should I live? What should I do? And I'm going to suggest God's will is right here. Pray continually. Be joyful always. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's God's will. Today as we celebrate Thanksgiving, a season of thankfulness, I pray that for some of you in some way, big or small, profound or not, that this would be a breakthrough moment for you. That something said, something done, or the Holy Spirit speaking to you himself would prompt you to say, I'm going to make a decision today. Life equals choice plus choice plus choice. And that your next choice would be stepping forward in the direction of his will. I pray that your hearts are blessed, that your hearts are refreshed. That God will go before you, that he will guide you. That he will give you his peace. And that you'll stand strong and remain in him now and forevermore. May God go with you. Go in peace. Love and serve the Lord. Amen.